Understand me out here, B. Nobody playing games on these streets, man. Y'all niggas better hold it down out here. Right, perfect. So, yeah. Financial freedom, my only hope. That's that. That's my whole. That was my that. inspiration. I knew they was gonna be with me on yeah. that. You with me on that, yeah. Jay? You know what I'm saying? Jay said that, and I was in light of everything that's been happening. I think that this is the conversation that people skipping over. So I'm looking forward to this. Yes. Like yeah. for real, a lot of people. You know, we want to talk about a lot of different conspiracies. How about let's get money. You know what I'm saying? Let's, yeah, let's, let's get money, and we can change our reality in a very tangible way. But there's a real way to do it. So, I'm, you know, hey, I got some experts in the house. We got some pros. We got some questions. We got some questions. We're going to get busy. You I know got what I'm all saying? the questions. I know you do. I got several myself. You know what I'm saying? Just because I, I know financial freedom is important notes. does not mean that I have reached it. Yet. That we, yeah, that we've achieved. <laughs> so, we certainly haven't. Yeah. That's not what this is No, we're close. Who act like they always ask you sparkling? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but when he said that, I've been a sparkling person. Got me off soda. Really? Me too. I don't, I was, I've never me been a soda. Ones, yeah. yeah, or what I used it's to like do. It's like LaCroix. Y'all out here drinking LaCroix? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and before then, I was a Perrier girl all the way, but I was spending Yo, a lot of money on That was the official drink of justification. Um, <laughs> a lot of sodium and Perrier. LaCroix yeah. is the official drink of the shade. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that is the official drink of gentrification. It is. It's true. I'm going to give you I'm that. Saying, yo, I'm going to give you that. All you got to do but is I'm walk into any gentrified apartment building. You will see yeah. a case of LaCroix. You will. You <laughs> the <will>. orange box. <laughs> Not the orange box. Oh, that's why I'm on the cran raspberry. Right. <laughs> I'm on the cran raspberry. You're on the cran raspberry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, See, we enjoy the gentrified things as well. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's for the community. Yes. You know? yes. I don't know. I, don't like, I think it tastes like static. Personally. No. Yeah, for real. It tastes like. No. I, all right. Bam. Perfect, yo. Mimi, we are back. I'm so happy you're back. I'm back. I'm back, yo. Big shout outs to everybody that tuned in last week to this dope episode that we had piloted by BBP Green. Shout outs to a dealer with yes. stories for styles. That was excellent. I can't wait till later on the day to get involved with that program. We and, be uh, out there. We hope y'all come out. Hey, baby, I'm back, and you know what it is. It's Black Broadway Podcast. Yet another yes. week uptown, another week. downtown. Back, uptown kids, downtown. <laughs> they let us in the building. It's going down, y'all. And this week, I mean, I'm super excited about the conversation that we're about to have. I need this convo. Listen, it's Oof. something that has been in the wake of Everything that's happened. I mean, we spent the last couple of weeks talking about some really, you know, hot button issues, mm -hmm. some, you know, some tragedy, but then some also local. It was, it could have been a local tragedy, but it turned into a bit of a triumph. But there's still more fights to be fought. Yeah. There's still a, 
a larger battle to be waged. I think and these these tragedies and these hard times have really been really great though because it's dope. made us so much more woke. It has. Like in the past has. three weeks, you just see people what? like alive and awake. I didn't know how. I didn't know that many of y'all knew who Doctor Sebi was. <laughs> all right? So real talk. Shout out to all of that. I'm glad that some of y'all at least took the time to read an article or two. Yeah. I mean. Go read a book. I really want that for y'all. Yeah. But I think that just the general idea of getting more socially, more politically, more financially aware yeah. is the deal, man. The marathon continues. And the Black Broadway podcast continues with our great guest today, yes. y'all. I'm super excited to have these folks in the building. My man, Nate Perry, man. Hello, Nate, hello. thank you so much for rocking with us, Nate. It's a long time coming, right? Yeah, yeah. Talk We've been us. talking about this. Yeah. This is your field. This is your wheelhouse right here. Yes. Yeah. Financial literacy, financial competency, things that you preach on a personal level, but also you try to practice in your own. I try. You know, you're doing <laughs> it, bro. You're doing it, man, for real. And we have a financial coach. What we call you a coach, or what we call you like the owner of the team? Like, what are you, a franchisee? What are you doing, yeah, Sarah? I will be a franchisee one day. I love it. Hello, speaking it to um, him. Money coach. Money, money coach. coach. Yep. That, that's a lot easier. Miss Taryn Bushrod. Yes. Are you the money coach? The. I love the it. That's money it. The money coach. And we got that in the house. Hey! All right. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> that was the slowest high five I've seen in my entire life. She's moving slow. Today, <laughs> but, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, okay. But we are here with the bad day Perry and the money coach, Terry Bush Ride, yo. And we're here to really talk financial freedom, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is the the crux of this entire podcast, this entire episode. We really want to sit down with you all and discuss some strategies, some tangible skills that our audience, that our community, our whole demographic can contribute, I mean, pardon me, that can learn from so that we can contribute to yes. our communities and the sustainability of our communities. And we just need to have these conversations in earnest, like for real, like no Instagram posts, no Gary V motivational chats. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, what can we do today? Who can we align ourselves with now that's going to help us, you know, take these next steps? So thank y'all so much for being here and rocking with us, yo. Appreciate it. But, but yeah. those social media things are dope. Because, okay. Right. Because that's where people, you know, that's where people spend their time. That's where they pay attention. So it's good to see that, you know, come across. I don't do it, but <laughs> <laughs> I do think that is dope. You know, I mean, I feel those you. things inspire me as well. Some of them do. We put them in a story. Why do you not do it? I mean, choose? I do. I'll post on a story okay. or whatnot, but I think it's more about, you know, I don't want somebody, I don't ever want people to start thinking I'm talking at them. I feel like yeah. a lot of times that's what you think yeah. these people. Mm-hmm. They're talking at you, and more people understand that I'm in the trenches True. as well. Like, True. Yeah. I know, think. Until we rich, we all black and broke. Okay. Ain't that the truth? Sometimes I think like this. With the social media posts. I do agree that they're good on a certain level. But sometimes I feel like this. Um, that's good. It gets you fired up in the moment. But real progress and real, you know, action happens in those moments when you're not fired up. Really when you're not on your phone listening to the, the soup. When it's really tough. Like you said, in the trenches. How do we, you know, really take that motivation that we get from this post that was like, oh, man, I wish I could like this 20 times. To like actually, you know, getting out there and doing it, yeah. you know. And hey, the money coach, I'm sure that's your that's your play. Yeah, that's what is. you do. <laughs> you, I look at social media as planting seeds. 
-hmm. You continue to follow the same people. You get the content. Eventually, it'll start to water. It'll start to bloom. Something will happen. Okay. But if you're not exposed to the information, which a lot of times it will come through a social media reach, then you don't have a starting ground because we're not picking up books. Yeah, if we are, I want us picking up books. That's the thing. That's the thing. You got some recommendations for us at the end of the show? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Get it out. So, so what got you guys into knowing that there it's important to save money and then build money and invest? What got you to that point? Uh, Mine came from not starting to realize how ignorant I was. Mm. So I grew up and my parents didn't let me know I had a credit score. Oh, you know, word. I didn't know. So when I went to go get my first car, they're like, you know, what's your social? I'm giving it to them. They're like, yeah, your credit score. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I didn't really know about, I didn't know, you know. So yeah. it came a way of like, wait a second, what is this? Right. Oh, this is the way I have to live, mm-hmm. you know. And now it's like how to take advantage of that and how to ensure that, you know, I wasn't broke like right. my parents were. Yeah. Right. You know, or I, I was, uh, you know, I, I didn't grow up like, poor, right. but not being able to do certain things of means and right. saying, I don't want to be back there. So how do we make that happen? And okay. then taking on, uh, one of the things I say that we have is um, black men or even black individuals. You know, one of the things that set us back in, in um, generational wealth, I would mm-hmm. say as well is, you know, when you're that person, you know, that oldest child or you're that, uh, that person that went to college, you do take uh, you do take your family on your shoulders. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was put in a position where I had to put my family on the yeah. shoulders. That, so it was interesting. That's something that we talk you know? about, yeah. or we don't talk about enough, right. is how a lot of younger black folks, especially, like when you start making money, you're not a, in the process of building wealth. You're oftentimes forced to go back and take care yeah. of your parents, you know, younger siblings and stuff like that. There's yeah. a, a larger burden on younger black folks when they start making money. Have you, did you feel that? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, um, when you look at the difference between, you know, I hate to put it like this, but when you put it in a black versus white, you know, right. in mm-hmm. that wealth gap, you know, uh-huh. a lot of black, well, a lot of white individuals, they graduate and then they go into the world amongst like-minded individuals. Right. Their parents went to college, their siblings went to college, their right. friends went to college. So they're, the black person didn't. They're the person that went to they're, college. Right, you know, my dad's the, side of family. They're on the pedestal, yeah, so to speak. Right. Exactly. To this day, it's two of us mm-hmm. on my dad's side. So therefore, you're not around like-minded individuals. So how do you stay around your individual? Mm-hmm. You have to help them. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that is, and that's what happens a lot of those times. So mm-hmm. in this situation, you know, mother doesn't need help with her electric bill. Mm-hmm. You know, while you were watching mother struggle, now you're in a position to make sure mom doesn't struggle. Mm. And that is the difference that makes the median... Right, you know, the median growth. income. Yeah. Right, exactly. exactly. That affects the wealth gap because they're they're allowed to... You know, when you talk about principles and Taryn, I know you can help me out with this. This is when I first started learning a little bit about money. You know, one of the first basic uh, um, you know, concepts they teach you about is compound interest mm-hmm. and, you know, how to start saving money and start having that money compound interest on top of money. But a lot of us find ourselves in positions where we're not even allowed to start saving. Like, as a money Not coach, even allowed, not able to. Right, not yeah. able to. So how did you get into a space where you started to really teach people and educate people? Like, what was your journey like to, to start really showing people how to exercise these principles? Well, from the very beginning, I can accredit my family. All right. My grandfather 
save a nickel of every dollar. Okay. Super religious about it to the point where he would give me money and change to make sure that I would put five cent in a piggy bank. Wow. Mm. Um, That's dope. As I got older, my dad taught me don't live off of more than 30% of your income, which I later found was like, you know, 30%. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what are we yeah. talking about here? What are we saying? Don't sleep be 30. Listen, don't sleep in 30. A exactly. quick 30. But um, this was around the time where I was buying my first car, so it was okay. a whole a whole spiel. But um, mm-hmm. my own personal journey, sound money principles, debt from loss of income, mm-hmm. got out of debt being super vigilant, like frugal, mm. down to the penny, mm. spreadsheets, mm. on paper, wow. like anything offset. I was Did you already have like aside. a predisposition towards that? Were you like nice with Excel in college? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've been helping people with budgets since I was in college, so mm-hmm. yeah, kind of, sort of, okay. but okay. Um, moving forward, I was like, I lost my income again, and I was like, I'm not doing this again. Mm. I need to be able to live. And then my attorney was like, there's no way you're getting out of debt without cutting everything off. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to give up these $100 manicures and pedicures and all this other stuff. And I was like, no, I can still live a life and do this. And he's like, no, you can't. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I can. And I proved to him that I could. And Mm -hmm. from that experience, I understood that millennials, we have debt from going to school. Mm -hmm. We have credit card debt. And the one thing that keeps us from attacking that is because Mm -hmm. we still want to live a lifestyle. So how can we merge the two? And once I figured out that secret to success, that is what empowered me to really start my money coaching journey. You know, it's interesting though, Taryn, because you talked about the fact that you got this education starting in your family. Um, And I was reading an article yesterday. It's actually in the Afro this week, so check it out. Shout out to the Afro. Shout out to the Afro. Uh, Um, But... uh, (laughs) We have a whole section on financial literacy um, for the whole month of April. Mm-hmm. And this woman talked about the fact that we aren't, le- black kids in particular are not learning anything about it. Of course, not it's not kidding. in schools. Parents don't, their parents don't know about it. And so thus, you know, when they get their first job at 16, they're, they learn poor spending habits and mm-hmm. don't know what to do and thus live in debt. What do you do for the people like me or, you know, and my parents are great at saving, but they didn't talk to me about that. Right. Um, and so my question is, what do you do for the people who learned nothing about it when you start your coaching? First things first, you have to have a goal. I can't work with anybody who doesn't have a goal because mm-hmm. whatever plan I establish with them, we work through, I spend my time being best theirs. If you don't have a goal tied towards it, you're not going to follow the plan. And when you say a goal, like, do you mean like a, a single tangible thing or like a, a certain income level or, I mean, what are some goals? Some, what, what? Of, some of those goals are a savings objective, okay. buying a house, um, those who are planning for marriage, weddings, yeah. etc. That's a okay. hard set goal. Gotcha. Like, I know I'm going to stick to whatever this plan is or I'm not going to veer off too much because this is something that I want to achieve mm-hmm. versus... Oh, I want to get my money right. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's not yeah. good enough, huh? Not at all. I like that. Okay. That's not the IA. Right. That's so, dope. Uh, because that's mm-hmm. funny because when we were talking to our mental health uh, expert a couple uh-huh. weeks ago, he talked about in order to make a change, you have to have a goal. So yeah, is that absolutely. just like a life thing? It is. You yeah. have to have a goal. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because well, you got to shift your mindset. Okay. And goals are one thing that can help you make that shift. No doubt. Like, uh, I'm into this guy. His name is Earl Nightingale. I listened to a lot of his, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. talks over the Same. years. Like, I was put on to him by 
somebody who actually helped change my perspective on saving money. And, I mean, she comes from a family business. This is what they do. Mm -hmm. But one of the things Earl Nightingale said was, most people don't fail because their goals are too high. They fail because they didn't have a goal to begin with. So, like, when you say that, is it better to just constantly be in a process of setting goals or is it better to have, like, a larger vision of your life and then just achieve things, you know, incrementally? And, and, it'll, and you'll reach that larger vision of your life, you know? My thought process is this. I dream big. Right. I go big and then I work myself backwards. Work re-engineer. But, that, but that's a different type of mindset. So mm -hmm. if you think small, you got to go gradually up, then mm -hmm. that's the repetitive goal setting. Okay. Versus having a big overall goal and knowing what your milestones are to achieve it. Okay. Got it. I got to ask you this, Nate, because I know me and you, we, we in the same space, you know, when you're out and you see all types of distractions. It's just yeah. life. Like... How did you reach a point where none of that meant more to you than your financial security? And, like, what was, like, the catalyst? Because a lot of people, you know, we don't have goals. Sometimes that happens. But it has to be, like, a catalyst. Something happens to make um, you have it. How did that work? Uh, the first one was, like I said, not wanting to be in a bad financial position. But mm -hmm. the other one was I was seeing a lot of my friends, a lot of my uh, peers mm -hmm. kind of financially surpassed me at one point. Mm -hmm. I would say I was about 25, 26 years old. I started seeing them financially surpassing me. So I kind of came to a couple of them like, How did you what's do going yeah. on? Yeah. What's the difference? Like, and, you know, one of them literally came to me. He said, F fun. He said, if you're going to be in this space, the space that we're in, we see each other out. Mm -hmm. He's like, you can't be there spending money. Nope. Mm -hmm. You got to be there making money. Big mm. facts. If you're not making money, don't be there. Big yeah. facts. You know, uh, in these spaces that we're in, we see the same people. All the time. All the time. And they're consumers. Uh, there was a time where I basically decided the opposite route was like, I took her lawyer's advice. Right. Lifestyle is done. Yeah. Two years. Word. I didn't do nothing. I worked Woo. two full-time jobs. I love it. I grinded, and I came back out, and I saw the same people. Wearing the same outfit. And it was like, okay, now I've kind of caught up to said peers. Mm -hmm. But then I got what he was saying, mm -hmm. which was, you know, um, everybody wants to have fun. You want to live your life. The number one principle is just earn more than you burn. Right. You know, that's it's just it. that it. simple. Um, For real. I have friends who make. Sixty, sixty-five thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. They earn more than they, they earn more than they burn. Right. They mm -hmm. are rich. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I have friends that are multimillionaires that, that are poor. Their third wife, yep. have two kids in private school, mm -hmm. have have they, a, their whole life is in debt. They're poor. <laughs> yeah. But they Crazy. they have money. Right. And that's why I tell people money isn't real. No. Mm -hmm. no okay. It's not about that. We have, we try to build currency when what you need to build is value. So All does right. money not buy happiness? Like no, it value does. Value, value does. Okay. Value does. I love I've that. I've seen people start multi-million dollar businesses with no money because if you have the value, the money's gonna come. Okay, Man, that's, so know, important. that's what it's about. That's value, so value, important. Value. And, and break down value for people who might um, not quite understand what you mean. Value, which I will tell you, one thing that could teach you a lot of value about yourself. Read from my books, Forty Eight mm -hmm. Laws of Power. Uh, yes. You know, okay. Be missed. Mm. Yeah. You know, say those people that are there all the time. When you do, when you're, you know, when you're in that space, you know, mm -hmm. being that I work for, you know, Bacardi is a brand man. Absolutely. Yeah. 
being in that space and going out. If I'm not out, if I'm out every night, right. and I do it all the time, and you see me, you see me, you see me. You lose value as an yeah. individual. Yeah. You know? You're too accessible. Mm-hmm. Hey, now, <laughs> hey, hey we, we love to work with you. We love to help you. Know, it's a difference. Make, you know, making sure that, you know, you don't, you don't outshine those around you because mm-hmm. you're working as a team. You know, there's things that can make sure that you are seen as level-headed, but also a value add to every situation. Got it. Um, being sure when you are out, you're not, I mean, it is, you're having fun, but you should be studying people. No mm-hmm. doubt. You should be networking. It's mm-hmm. market research. Seeing, yes. You know, if you if your if your dream is, you know, my dream is to be in the restaurant business, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the space that I work in. Mm-hmm. When I'm at another restaurant or bar, I'm mm-hmm. studying everything that's there. How are the people mm-hmm. moving? Make mm-hmm. everything a learning experience, and then you increase your value. If you just go out, to BS, drink, you know, right. lit, yeah. you know, you're wasting time. Absolutely. Yeah. And time is the value. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. So just continue to increase that. I'm going to always now say time is value versus time is money. There you go. Because that really yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. Well, that, you, that is awesome. Well, you know, like my favorite saying, people know the price of everything, but the value of nothing. Yep. You know what I'm yeah. saying? People yeah. love to talk about what they know. Oh, this costs that, da 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 What does it mean? What, what value does it add to your life? And also... I, I like to also talk about guns and butter, investments versus, you know, liabilities. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What, as a money coach, when you see people spending their money, we have to spend money. We live in D.C., Lord yes. knows. It's a, it costs $50 to come outside sometimes, yeah. like, just for real. Especially if you're going to be out past 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So how do you uh, advise people on spending their money wisely? Because we do have to spend it. I mean, we. I wish we could live like monks and just hoard it all. And then, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Then pop out with million-dollar matches. But we got to move around, you know? So how do you advise people on spending their money and making it work for them or, you know, helping it to enlarge their vision for their life? Well, first, they have to take inventory okay. of where they are. Like, assess your cash flow, assess your expenses, do your expenses or um, exceed your cash flow? If it does, then you got to find ways to make mm-hmm. more money as well as cut your expenses. And then from there, I move into a money management plan. I subscribe to 50-30-20, which is 50% of your income goes to your living essentials. 30% is kind of free range, fun money, flexible spending. 20% okay. is debt repayment. Mm. Okay. But that, okay. that, that percentage breakdown is based upon where you live. So in DC, that's a stretch. Right. Yeah, it is. Stretch. 30% of your income is not yeah. free raised. It's yeah. about 50% of your yeah. income. That's, that's a stretch. But um, those two things, like we can work together to figure out, like what, like you said, your values. Uh-huh. What is your value system? What do you really want? What are your goals? And how can we bridge that gap? Okay. okay. So, you know, I'm interested in sort of I'm going back to this goals thing. When you do have many goals in the large zone, for example, I. I that Taryn went like two or three years ago. We were yeah. in New Orleans having yep. a great time. We were hey. working. We were having a great time. Nah, you, you yeah. were having fun. <laughs> we were having fun. You were having fun. Um, <laughs> but, but um, you know, I, we talked a lot about that you travel, right? But you find ways to travel while also saving. And, and I, I'm interested, are some of your, you know, when you travel or getting your nails done or whatever, are those sort of the mini goals or is that under the sort of 30% that you're talking about? It's under the 30%, but it's also in a, it's a reward. It's Got not, it. Okay. It's not, oh, you know, I want to take this trip, etc. It's, all right, so I've done this. I've accomplished this. 
this card is paid mm -hmm. off or whatever balance that you need to achieve, even if it's not a payoff, let's say mm -hmm. you got a large credit card balance mm -hmm. and you make it a 50%. Right. That's going to that's that's achieve yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. Treat yourself. Right. <laughs> that's a goal. I, I love that. You know, I was thinking about just writing down a couple of thoughts that rolled through my head. A lot of people, we have goals, right? But there are so many impediments sometimes. Like, one of the things that just happened recently, I know a lot of people struggling with taxes. Yeah. This year, messing Ooh. around with the income taxes, Ooh. tax returns, and, you know, especially in D.C. in this creative economy, which we function in a lot. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us are 1099s. Yeah. People don't know what that means. That's self-employed. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? A lot of us are dealing with contractual payments where we might want to pay... Uh, taxes quarterly how do we avoid some of the larger financial pitfalls because i feel like that's something that rich people do well too it's like they know how to move their money around avoid taxes make write-offs yeah how you do it so one i want to touch on the thing with credit cards and say with the trips mm -hmm. definitely get credit card with points I right okay like I have not paid for a trip in about four years. Because you made all your other tri uh, trips pay right for. Now, I got about five thousand dollars in credit card points. <laughs> I love it. I do not buy gum. Wow. That's <laughs> not. Don't swipe. Right. You gotta swipe. I gotta yeah. swipe. Yeah. Everything. I feel um, you. And that's that. That's so you getting fun. the but cash back and all of that? That, that means, is you awesome. Got to, you okay. Got to. So that but, means a lot to you as far as like oh, you know advancing your. When stuff. everyone's trying to split the bill at the table, I'm like, no, nah, let me pay. Me. <laughs> I got it. Come on, me. Oh shit. Okay, um, okay. You know, I, I'll take that risk. No doubt. <laughs> I feel you right. You if it don't come through, it's cool. Right. I'll see you uh, next time. But to the to the tax bar, I will say this: mm -hmm. um, the problem with it is that we are self-employed. Mm. Yeah. And I'm gonna explain why I think white people don't hate me about this, but um. I think that. Being self-employed sometimes does not make sense. I agree with you a and lot I of times. I say that because <laughs> in a lot of places, uh, about a year ago, and this is by testimony, a year ago, I got into a little race situation at work. I said, you know what, forget it, I'm out. Right. I'm, going, I'm just going to do, also do government consulting. I said, I'm just going to do this on my own. Got a, uh -huh. got a contract, boom, I'm out. Wow. Right. In that time that I was self-employed, I owned a job. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's not that you are so I own You own the job. You didn't like own a, a and, business and like that. That is the difference between us and them when it comes to tax time. Oh. You own a job. So right. therefore And a job's a liability. Still, you still owe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, you still owe mm -hmm. what tax breaks you talking about parking? Mm -hmm. You talking about travel? This ain't these aren't tax breaks. It's not. You know, it's uh, not enough. It's not substantial right. enough. And now and then to that, you you know, you're actually getting paid less because you do your own no doubt. You do your own admin. You do your own invoicing. You Yo. pay for your own vacation. As a barber yeah. for you over know. 15 years, oh, you I can know speak that on that. Yeah. You like, know that so it's like, and, and not only that, yeah. when we say you're valued by your time, uh -huh. you get paid for your time. Right. Right. So you're still tied to a bill rate. Right. Yeah. You might as well go clock in and out. It's the same thing. That way, at least when you but clock out, you get your time back. Not yeah. And you get match 401k, which mm -hmm. talking about compounding interest. Okay. So now you get these other health benefits. You get a health spending account, right. things of that nature. You know, you get an FSA, you know, for right. spending account. So those things make sense to go to a company, mm -hmm. you know. And we are so big on not working for the man right now yeah. that we are actually losing a lot of wealth yeah. and value. I wish the man was us. I that's mean, how yeah. I look but at it. No, the man you know, is a boss. Right, a and boss. That's what the man see it as. It could yeah. be working for anybody. Yeah. They yeah. see working for the man as a boss. 
Well, the client is still your boss and you're still there top. You go. And I think the reason why we are actually taking a step back in the wealth thing is because in the wealth game uh-huh. is because we are trying to all make money on our own. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and that's we all gonna end up working right. for you. Uh, who you gonna work for? Sure. Five. Who's gonna be five. You can have five fingers or you can have one fist. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Fingers gonna break. That fist is strong. So I, I definitely agree right. with you on this combined power. We all want to be a chief. Yeah, but nobody want to work for the next man. Like it's crazy. Yo, you know, it's crazy. It to be. I'm a. I will if I'm sitting here and one job says, "Hey, I'll give you 150," and if I can make 150 on my own, right? I'm taking a job at 150. I'm not mad at you. So, I'm not mad because you want the four. You want all the benefits you described. Yeah. I often hear though people. It, this is a major thing I'm seeing on Instagram is talking about you need multiple streams of, of income, mm, yeah. and I want to hear more about that. Is that something that you all also prescribe to and so and um, you know tell your clients, et cetera, that they should sort of live in that lifestyle? I'm about streams of income as long as you do not have to actually work for offset streams of income. Mm. So you want, what's the word that I'm looking for here? You want residual. Residual. Absolutely. Residual. Okay. Real estate. You know, if you own a home, that is a stream of income because it is building equity. For sure. That's, that is what it is. You know, it's funny. I just got back from Houston. Which has significantly more land than DC, yeah. and people owe mad land, but it's still like a, a a bit of a struggle to like make the money to improve the land or to you know do a whole bunch of other things. But with, where do you take this residual income? How do you begin to build on that? Like, do you if it's, do you invest in the stock market? Do you you know build? What do you what do you? I take? think it depends on the person. I feel like. Some of those have to be passion plays. I don't know anybody yeah. who's wealthy who didn't get wealth by passion. There is, I agree you know, with you. And that's why I say when people, like, you mm-hmm. have to make money in ways that if you like to travel, right? figure out ways to make money traveling. Right. Yeah. You know, that it's there. No rather, doubt. Rather you just work for an airline uh-huh. or, like, you know, you So, start. like, you in the restaurant and beverage industry, is that, like, would you say that's a passion place for yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. All right, I love cool. being in restaurant, you know. Right. And then from there, go to restaurant ownership. And that's what I'm now. Like, being with, able to, being able to say, okay, I can take this situation. Mm-hmm. I love to drink. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me become a sommelier yeah. or something. Yeah. Like Four to five you, days with, a week, I have a drink in my hand. So for you sure. have to, to make money doing something. <laughs> I feel you on that. that with Tara, would you, would you, do you agree with that assessment? Is Were you passionate about financial education and you made it a way to make money off of it? And, you know. Yes. A hundred percent. Absolutely. How did that work? How did yeah. that happen? We know how you go from being in a bar all day, you studying what's happening, you like, let's make money. How do you go from observing money to being about, you know, the business of coaching and managing money? One, I realized that there was a gap. It's a need. Um, There's so many different ways that I can explain that, but I think Mm -hmm. everyone kind of understands on the surface. But on top of that, I saw that people were monetizing. These are things that I was doing for free out of the kindness of my heart. And I actually had a call with um, Dominique Broadway, Mm. Okay, yeah, I, said, I know that with you. Shout out to Christian Benjamin, that whole crew over there, man. Yeah, but yeah. I asked her, like, this was when I first was putting everything in motion. I said, uh-huh. when you first were getting started, did you feel bad about asking people for their money? Mm. No. Yeah. Word. Now, that's something we definitely got to talk about. Yeah. A lot of us don't like to ask. I'm going to put my hand up first. Like, no. don't like to ask for the money or ask for the help. Like, 
So you were able to see that there was a gap, and you had a reluctancy in even stepping into that gap. Yep. Now, once, but once you stepped into that gap, what did you find? What happened? You got to own it. I feel mm. you. And people who don't pay, they're, again, they're not They're not serious. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. everything costs. <laughs> you got to pay yeah. to play out here. You do. So, yeah. No, so when you when you adv- when you advise people, what I guess you said what it was like twenty percent in your former equation for debt repair, right? Yep. So I mean, do you feel like that should be a line item on your budget? Is like hiring a consultant, a professional to help you, you know? Yes. Organize your financial life. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Like Nate, do you have like a financial organizer or like um, a I feel finance like, coach? I feel like it's a situation where it's like. When you have a trainer, you may not have a trainer forever. Right, but you right. should start with one and figure out your disciplines, and then you can go work out. I feel you. Yeah, I, I gotta get like I gotta get these games like Nate too. Nate in the shelf has a funeral for the fact. I'm like, hold up, man. I'm trying to get right. So I agree with you. It has to start somewhere, and then ultimately, now you you freestyle. You on your own in the gym I mean, now yeah, because you're kind of you know that person can help you get to where you need to go, but. You know, you start off kind of, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you go to school to figure out what you're doing. That Facts. person can help you the same way. Facts. Wow. Because um, it's easy to say, I want to save money. But figuring out how to right. do it yeah. can be very like hard. Like, you're not taking class who want to get their money right. Yeah. But that's also my <laughs> whole objective. Like, let me empower you. Let me literally guide you through and then teach you how to apply this principle throughout the rest of your life. Absolutely. Your income is going to change. Your bills are going to change. But if you understand the system, uh-huh. then you can make it work. Okay. So, so what? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so do you have your clients doing your process when you first started, you know, saving money in, in college and after where you they have the Excel sheets and they're taking mm-hmm. notes and all of that? Is that what your clients do mm-hmm. as well? No. Okay. My client uh, prescription is based on their personality. Mm. Everyone doesn't like spreadsheets. Everyone doesn't like pen and paper. Like, mm-hmm. what What do you like? What is something that uh, you can abide by? That you can stick to. Even if it's an app, what kind of app? Okay. Like, what's your personality? Let me give you some recommendations. Okay. You can say, I like this. I don't like this. Tell me why you don't like it. Okay, let's move on to something uh, else. Got now, it. Now, and, and I, with that being said, I know that the answer to this question is, like, there's no one-size-fits-all solution. No. So... A lot of the things, uh, one thing about being financially successful or being financially viable that a lot of us struggle with is like everybody tell you you're supposed to do it this way. You know, you own a home, you get the car, you graduate from school, you send your kids to the, you know, and what if, you know, that's not for you or you don't see it that way. You don't see your life playing out that way. What? How do you live a financially responsible life? without necessarily hitting all those little, you know, milestones that people think or that society has raised us to feel like is the best thing. What if you want to be a renter? What if you don't want to retire? You know, I know my mother will never retire. Mm. You know, my grandmother ain't retired. You're kidding. Crazy. My grandma still works. Not because she has to, because she wants to. Like some people, it's just like you said, the lifestyle choices. So how how do you set up people with a financial plan that's going to make their lifestyle. What if they got a project that ain't never going to make money? A passion mm-hmm. that's never going to make money, you know? How do you set them up to enjoy that and live that and, and be in that? One, they have to own their truth. If right. you know you don't want to get married or you know you right. don't want to have kids or you don't want to be a homeowner, mm-hmm. own that. All and right. then figure out how are you going to maximize your abilities 
to still create wealth for yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't live in the house, but you own it to rent it. Right. Like, let's create passive income streams. Like, there are I certain like that. things that you can work around. I I, I don't want a wedding, for example. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. I get the jaw dropping. You don't want a wedding? Oh, my gosh. You want to put on dress? No, I I'm don't. I'm good. I've been to enough I'm weddings. Good. I've been to enough weddings. I've seen people get divorced and still got to pay for a wedding. Like, it's just not cool. People but, got divorced before the wedding was paid for? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Damn. you know, no, you got to pick and choose your battles. Yeah. But uh-huh. at the end of the day, like, your plan is your plan. Your passion is your passion. Mm-hmm. Your goals are your goals. Like, don't try to walk into, you know, fill the voids of your parents or right. whatever the case may be. So, One thing that, oh, go ahead. The big thing is, I mean, you don't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a house. Like she said, at least do it for passive income, but it mm-hmm. has to be assets. Yeah. It got to be assets. Yeah. 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 The only yeah. way to do it is okay. assets and then buy liabilities with assets. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the what you mean by that? Yes. Now, what yes. does that so, mean? if I want a luxury car, right. I want to buy a luxury car, with mm-hmm. the equity within my home instead of pulling out a loan and paying cash. Right. Got it. Okay, okay. okay. I get what you're saying. So yeah. that's the difference. It's not like you went in your pocket so at all. Yeah, so when exactly. you wonder how did this person get this 75 foot yacht, well, they had a home that went from 900,000 to 4 million. Mm-hmm. They took 4 million and they took a million of that and they okay. put it into this liability that they know is going to sink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they decided I can live without that equity. Damn. They're giving away equity, money that they didn't make. They didn't they make, they didn't actually yeah, have. Yeah, but, but they but, did earn it. Right, right. Yeah. That's the difference. Okay. And that's the guns that you're talking no about. No doubt, yeah. right. You know, that's literally buying assets and literally getting all your, We just buy liabilities. Mm-hmm. Always. We all straight, this time. We're renting with a Benz. No you know, doubt. Yeah. We're going to luxury brands. we buying everything all over stuff. there. Buy all of that. Yeah. You know, a liability, I wonder if this, I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, with the, uh, the whole Notre Dame fire and all of that. Right? Uh, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about how they raised so many millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, charity. Is charity a liability or is it an asset? Because I have to believe that people didn't just donate $100 million yeah. out the goodness of their heart. There's a kickback coming yeah. Yeah. somehow, some way. And, like, how can our community get into that so we can build our own shit? Well, you know? there's a, that was, I think you agree, a selfish play. <laughs> that okay. was, I mean, it was, yeah. yeah, it was a like, oh, I got $300 million, I yeah. build it. You get to a certain point, which I'm not at, but you get to, <laughs> you get to a certain point where you have to get rid of money. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, this is in all games. We've seen true. the movies. That's when, true. We've seen the movies the where people have too much money. All yeah. the, you know, they had you money in all the You say that about Jay-Z. He always says that about Jay-Z. Jay got too much money. <laughs> so I got to get rid of it. has too much money. I got to get rid of it. Uh-huh. I have yeah. to. Or I, get, I give it away anyway. Right. You know, so to the that, government who really don't rock. Who really don't rock. But even though it was a selfish play, that's that the Catholic community in that realm and that that community is the way that I envy mm-hmm. for the black community. For yeah, sure. because they, even they though they built it on wickedness, but it's no, still, I'm saying, you know, I'm saying in the sense yeah. of they're going to take care of it. They yeah, really yeah, oh, they tight. They they if it wasn't they're all super. those billionaires that did it, it would have yeah. been oh, a, nah, a they million thousandaires that did it. Absolutely. For sure. The dude, yeah. right, we have this right. You know, I'm just saying in the whole, like, we have so many other communities that understand what it means to turn a dollar around. Yeah. And we, no matter how many times you preach it, we, 
But that's it's hard. Real. Like, when Killer but, Mike had that thing, he tried to just live black for yeah, Oh, man, that was crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. You can't. I wouldn't even have got that far. No, no, there's no way. But one thing, you know, that I'm hearing you all talk a lot about is passion. And I'm wondering, you know, black people have, we're good at so many things and we are passionate about so many things. Mm -hmm. How do you get people to monetize off their passion? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, rain coming. (laughs) Let's get it. Let's get it. This is the issue that's happening with us. Uh Our passion is everything. All the passions that we have are what is shaping the culture. The culture, culture, air quotes. But it is the culture of now America. Yes. Mm, Right? It used to be our culture, but the problem is we allow them to 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 monetize off of us. Yes. And we don't do, and we don't, I mean, we've seen, you know, Nip was doing, Jay does it. Right, Jay does it. Puff does it. Fifth does it. We see it happening, but it's just it's just in a sense of mm-hmm. here, let's talk more locally. Right. You know? Um Thank you. That's exactly so when we get to a local to. more standpoint, I feel like, you know, when it comes to our culture, our clothing brands, mm-hmm. right? Um, they have to go to vendor markets. Mm-hmm. They have to be put right in front of that person so For they them have to, to be self employed. Yeah. They can't get into a store. Right. Yeah. Right. They mm-hmm. uh when it comes to our promoters, mm-hmm. you know, they are spending most of their time mm-hmm. in non-minority owned places getting right. 20%, making them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Talk know, about Really it. making money hey, off the culture. Talk and, about it. And you're starting to see that shift, you know, shout out to Miss Mathis, you know, uh-huh. shout out to Broccoli City. Yeah. Right. You know, you're starting getting to see that. Getting some ownership. Right, yeah. you're starting to see that change. Yo, that's... But that is where we have to own our culture. Yeah, no it's almost like, you no know, doubt. I feel like we're in the realm where we're starting to realize, like, damn, TLC didn't own nothing. Yeah. You know, so then Jay comes and says, I want to own my stuff. Like, that's what we got to get to now Absolutely. in the world. Is, is the lack of ownership how things like the Don't Mute DC That's exactly about? where I was going it, with this. You know, yeah. I mean, like, yo, you, you don't be, own nothing. Yeah. They want to try to tell you what to do in yeah. It can't happen if you own the land. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Period. I own the house. I own the land that my house sits on. Right. They can't move me. Raise your taxes. Right. I can pay them. Right. Their taxes. Yeah. Right. It's not the mortgage. This. No doubt. So what we what was what has happened is here we had a, what I feel before I came here there was a whole generation mm-hmm. sixteen years before I came here mm-hmm. that owned their home mm-hmm. and then we had a bunch of people my age that were just living with said people. Absolutely. And yeah. it was neglect. People, right. Said died. people were doing so and said died. Yeah. There was no will. Yeah. No. There was no. There was and, no, and, and so when the developers came County, in with a little fifty thousand dollar check, just took they, it. they took, took it. Yeah. Oh my God! I never seen sixty yeah. stacks yeah. before. Like, yeah. Wow. Well, I, I told them I was. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? Eastern Division. Okay. Yeah. First, I got a condo over there. Somebody came to me. Hey, I'll give you double what you owe. You know, yeah. I was twenty seven years old. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let me get that. Yeah, I was twenty seven, <laughs> but now right. I'm sitting here like, damn, stupid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I was like, dang, double and, money, but. And but, we cooked a lot it, of us like that. But yeah. it also mm-hmm. depends on what you do. Because then right. I took that out of Northeast, took that money, bought a home in Northwest. Yeah. Uh-huh. And now, well, I'm still in here. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's about what you do with that. And we take no. a lot of that. A lot of people take that 70000 and say, let me get a car. Yeah. Fam, yeah. I appreciate you, know? you as a transplant, even, knowing the importance of owning property within these four corners, man. Like, that, 
like it's the irreparable it's the irreplaceable experience yeah. like living in the federal district of Columbia it has its liabilities but overall yeah. it's an asset yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah, a lot of us didn't they, see it and as other people that weren't here in DC oh they see it you know the value is being close to the seat of government you know what I'm saying being close to having access to all of these government programs Tara as a finance coach do you teach people do you lean on people to educate them about the plethora of government programs that can help people especially in this town get right like I love it. Yeah. Like, can you what are before some of the you ones give millennials? What, what what would you say? Something with a, a, yeah. a easy entry point. Yeah. So you know, if you're just casually listening, you can Google this and be like, oh, yeah. All right, this will lead me on a path. You know. You kind of stumped me. Mm. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, that's, that's a good I thing. Mean, I don't know. It's, it's called journalism, yeah. people. Yeah. Look it up. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it's. I don't know if it's still called the same thing. But right. first thing. Every municipal government has home ownership, first-time home ownership. Yes. yes. When I first got my first condo, it was called HPATH Home Purchase. Yeah, and it's, we still yes. have HPATH. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I got $10,000 towards the closing of my home. Right. Like, that's where people, you know, your credit's your credit. That'll be, that's the That's a big determining factor. No, no, that's the other thing is realizing that your credit is against you, but your credit's not really against you. I bought my first house with a, like a, 590 credits. Okay. Really? Yeah. You know, I, I put $5,000, no, $500 down. Mm. But when you go through these different programs, I, I went through Acorn, I went through yes. HPAP, I, and I got into a house. Takes notes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Acorn's in good trouble. I know they've been in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They've been in some trouble, but, yeah. but, you know, I'm just saying that what you, but what everybody has to do is at that time, their research, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people used to be able to look forward to tax credits. Can't look forward nah, to that. Nah, not yeah. no more. So but it's just making sure at that time, you. but that's part of the grind of getting a home, right? It's yeah. right. doing your own research, Word. doing your own grind to make sure you appreciate that the work that Because the work that you put into right. it is yeah. for us. You know, some people, they go to the mortgage lender, they're like, I want a home. Yeah. Okay. Well, like next okay. client. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, they know that this is this is going to be their job. Yeah, they're going to get you a home, not you. Mm. You know, and that's the thing. Put the work like you have to do the research. I'm interested though in how you get people to be able to advocate for themselves. There are a lot of people who don't know how to talk money, mm. and when they walk into uh, these loan offices and in talking to mortgage mortgage brokers and things like that. They don't know what they're talking about. How do you get them to the place where they can be advocates for themselves? Mm-hmm. Well, to Nate's point, I think that is where home buyers, first time home buyers programs does come into play. Let them guide you through the process, learn mm-hmm. as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And then when it's time for you to buy your next property, you're a little more informed, more educated. Um, I actually was just talking to a friend this morning. And she said, I wish I didn't buy my house. Mm. She said, I love my house. It's amazing. Mm. But I didn't know everything that I was getting into. That buyer's remorse, huh? Uh. But it's it's like, you know how to drive, right? You're right. confident that you could drive. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you've been driving. Because I've driven, right. Yeah. When it comes, you have to literally know I'm responsible. Yeah. Right. Practice, uh. I am responsible. I, I know you. that I can handle That's like an affirmation. Yeah. Yeah, I get in the mirror. Yeah. I am I'm responsible. responsible. <laughs> <laughs> I am. And when you sit in front of that person, I know what I'm talking about because yeah. I've been sure. doing it. And we talk about how to get to 
you know, East over right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got you. Give me directions. Yeah, I got you. You know what I'm saying? You know, 295. Right. So in that sense, you know, like, that's what you have. You have to know what you're talking about. I feel you. Right? You have to have breathed it, lived it, done it. Yeah. And then it's just a conversation. Yeah, okay. you know, we always it's talk about this. I'm glad, Nate, you finally got on because I know now that the podcast is going to be flat. Yeah. The one that you've been working on, yeah. like talking, we've been talking about this for a while, man, because like I said, me and Nate, man, we in these streets, man. We on Black Broadway. Yes. We out here. Yes. And we see a lot of, you know, we see a lot of financial freedom, but not necessarily a lot of financial responsibility mm-hmm. and ownership and actual capitalization off of a culture that, to be quite honest, is hella lucrative. Like, yo, these people, we we are the cool shit. We are the the, the dope things that companies and brands want to sell to, yeah. want mm-hmm. to align themselves with. But so few of us are able to capitalize off of that, one, as business people, but two, just as individuals who really reap the benefits and ha- are patronizing... Um, establishments that, that cater to us, that, that respect us. Like, let's just start there on the baseline of respecting us. How do you motivate people, Taryn, as a finance coach to spend their money in the right places? Who we, who we spending money with? You know what I'm saying? Who are we rocking with and who are we not rocking with? We know what it's worth on the value side, but even, like, cultural competency, something that's going to have, like I said, I was thinking about this charity thing. Yeah, Europeans donated to Notre Dame because it's important to them. Culturally, like, what do we support that's important to us culturally? And how do you know we push our people there? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Brand names. Yeah, right? Yeah, we, we like Italian shit. That's the problem. <laughs> we, we like Italian shit. It's like, okay. No, nah, it's not. I mean, how do we that's push? that's all cultures, though. Everybody, everybody likes that stuff. You, you're right. I love it. I like it, too. Yeah, I respect craftsmanship. Yeah, but, but I would say when it comes to our culture, especially when it comes to businesses, Mm-hmm. Uh, we shouldn't have to make excuses for our businesses. Word. In the sense of like, you know. Um, it costs what it costs. If I go to a so No, I mean, <laughs> one thing is it's on both sides. You know? Right. Uh, I've been on the on the consumer side. You, mm-hmm. want, you want discounts. Right. 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 And when you go to Black Home, you want love. But right. when you go to anybody else, you expect to pay what you pay. But on the, other end, on the other side, if I'm going into a soul food place, I don't want to hear you out of greens today. <laughs> Real right? talk. Like on both sides, you got to you. show each other more respect on both sides. I love to it. increase the value that's there. Yeah, and you know when you go into Chipotle, all ingredients are in Chipotle. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, everything's you know? on deck. Yeah. So when I go into Black-owned spot, all ingredients you expect should be there. It there. When, you know. I, when I buy from Black business, it should come in three to five business days. Yeah. Hey, right. talk about it. Like those are I think I still got days. orders out. I ain't going to say no names, but <laughs> I need my pack, my guy. He's calling people <laughs> out because that's what Black Broadway does. But those are the things I'm saying. Like, <laughs> we have to, we, it, it, just, it has to be with taking, like, taking ourselves more serious. Yeah. Facts. We have to take ourselves more serious. We have to stop like thinking, oh, it's about to happen. It has to happen. Nah, it's yeah. happening. Right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and you don't have time. Like I said, if you're going to have fun, make money having that fun. Love yeah. it. You know, I, I love certain, you know, Jay Sonic over here, DJs, man. they make money. Legend in the flesh over Legend. there, man. Absolutely. You know, and, and so when they're there, mm-hmm. they're capitalizing. You know, when promoter's there, he's capitalizing. No when doubt. When you're out, you're having fun. Did you get a couple contacts? No doubt. Did you walk away with just a couple girls' numbers? Or right. Did you walk or did away you walk with a couple away? contacts? Yeah. Talk about it. You know, if I go out and it's just fun, 
that was a waste. That of was time. a waste of your time. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that should be life. You know, no every doubt. minute should be something. No doubt. And that's why you should dig into your passions to make money. Uh, well, that's. I mean, I wish we could stay here longer, man. I, I but it's really like, like really black, like you. It. You brought it home in a great way because, yo, that's what Black Broadway Podcast is about, that's what fam. We do. What, if you what's, turn what's this our, on, what's our motto? plan your work. Plan work your plan. That's what we do, y'all. Like, you turn this on, I hope it wasn't a waste of your time. You learned something. You know what I'm saying? We got two great resources, two young black people that's about that life that can really help you organize your financial life. Taryn, I know you got the website, the, the courses, the clinic, the boot camp. Please. Let how everyone know you. how we find you, how we get in touch with you, for real. We need to know. Uh, I'm on all things social media. Okay. It's Terrence World. It's Terrence, T-A-R-Y-N, right? Yep, with an Bam. S. I got so, you. I-T-S, T-A-R-Y-N-S, World. No. Um, my website is www.terrenceworld.com. All right. I'm accessible. Email. Okay. I can give you my text. Alright, yes. are you hey look, Terrence, look, she's ta- you taking clients I for Spring Summer twenty nineteen. Listen. She might have one right here. I really and truly, really... like look, we have some very specific financial <laughs> goals we gotta hit. No, really. So that's how we do it. And yo, Nate, life of the party, but not also the life of the party, the sense of the party. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You the guy in the party that makes sense. Tell them how to C- get at you, bro. Uh, just Nate D. Perry. Alright. I'm in the streets and you are, you know I what I'm saying? It. Always pull me to the side. As you know, I'm I, always ready to go outside and have a conversation. Yo, my man, Nate, I, I love it when these things come to fruition, man, mm-hmm. for real, yo. This has been a long time coming. It's very timely in light of all this Don't New DC talk, in light of Nip passing and the marathon continuing in all of our hearts. Everybody knows what we got to do, man. We saw that little, that little shopping center on Slauson. That should be an inspiration assets. to everybody. Assets, man. My man had a barbershop, a fish joint, the clothing store, all of that in one shopping center. It's just a vision of what it can be like, y'all. For real. That's financial freedom. And that's financial freedom, man. A lot of us think we're free, but if we still slaves to this money and slaves to this capitalist system of just surviving, check to check, nickel and dime, how free are you? For real, man. So take the advice of people who are Take the advice of the Underground Railroad right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Modern day abolitionists, man. We showing y'all the route out of this mental debt, mental slavery, and financial, you know, just hardship. It's just a better life, you know, just a little bit more security, a little bit more functionality for us, our families, our communities, you know. Maybe another episode of Black Broadway in the books. Radio, big shout out to everybody that tuned in on the Instagram live, the Facebook live. One time for DJ Josh Sonic for making all of them happen. Yes. The Easy Workshop Programming Family. Yes. And we, we got to the set for who? Behind the You know what I'm saying? We always got to shout them out on our show because yes. they dope. They super dope. Big shout out to the Philippines. Plan your work. And work your plan. And we out. We'll see y'all next, next week. week. Wow. Peace. 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 Peace.